I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts. Christian Bush. Good to see you. You too. You look very fall, actually. Well, I just arrived from the land of the Bush Brothers. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you speaking of the uh, Jerusalem of the mountains? I am. and not, Jericho, they saw, they call it? Right. And not just Sevierville, but I also made it to Cosby. Uh-oh. I know about Cosby. Right. So in Cosby, there is this apple orchard called Carver's. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing about Carver's that my children love is there is also a homemade candy store <laughs> at Carver's. So, you know, you can go there and get your pumpkins to carve. And in the mountains, we don't have bright orange pumpkins like normal people. We have those pale orange pumpkins. That, the the that, dumpy ones. Yeah. The dumpy ones that you're supposed to use to make pies out of. So the rinds are like six inches thick when you go to carve them. So that's special. But the candy store is extra special. Because do you know what they have there? What, what do they have? They have Dolly on a stick. Dolly Parton on a stick from the waist up. You can have chocolate Dolly or white chocolate Dolly from the boobs up. <laughs> Hanging on the wall. This sounds like a, I don't know, an internet website I'm not really old enough to visit. <laughs> but it's true. I did not buy Dolly on a stick. Sure. We got Oreo balls instead. Okay. However. Are they deep fried Oreo balls? Nope, 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 nope. They're dipped in white chocolate. I'm just going to leave that there and I'm going to, I'm going to take a couple more steps toward the conversation. Okay. Where I say to you, uh, are your children under the impression that homemade candy has no, uh, <laughs> highly processed fructose in it? <laughs> no, no, but my dad, and I was just telling somebody this earlier, when you arrive in Sevier County and you go through his doors, no food has any nutritional value difference. So... You can have a vat of banana pudding for the same caloric value or As, vitamin say, intake. a bunch of green beans. Correct. <laughs> or the, broccoli. <laughs> All of it. The broccoli has uh, that much butter on it as well. Well. Is what you're telling me. Well, n- no, because nobody there eats broccoli. It's like a, you know. It's a broccoli casserole. Because why would you? Yeah. That um, probably has... You know, to what? What is the 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 secret casserole soup? Is uh, cream of mushroom or something that everybody puts in it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, made dinner. <laughs> no, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm st- I, I'm having a moment where I'm ready to read you some dad and jokes. I keep talking. I'm going to stop now. No, no, no. I just I want I want to I want to get our dad joke thing in because I think you set me up. Okay, do it. My neighbor with huge boobs has been walking around (laughs) topless all day in the garden. I wish his wife would do the same thing. I didn't know that that was the dad joke. I didn't do it on purpose. That's hysterical. (laughs) Oh, Dolly. Hey, uh, you ready? 
Yes. Uh, saw a man standing on one leg at the ATM. Confused, I asked him what he was doing. He said, just checking my balance. <clears throat> all right, then. <laughs> okay. Because all good humor is in threes, right? All right. This is your final dad joke for the day. Okay. Uh, before my surgery today, the anesthesiologist asked if I'd like to be knocked out with gas or he could just hit me over the head with a canoe paddle. So I guess it was an ether or situation. There was really no place to go down, to go but down after the boobs. Well, I, I, context is everything. Context is everything. Yeah. Which is a, a wonderful way to begin our conversation today. Um, and, and you, you did bring up the, uh, the, you know, a saint of East Tennessee. I mean, if they've sainted anybody, the saint of Sevierville, the saint of Sevierville would be Dolly Parton. Sure. Uh, Which I do enjoy the, the, um, you know, one of, one of the few things that, um, Nashville being the new bridesmaids Mecca, where people travel from all around and go to the wailing wall of Broadway <laughs> and, and pour their beer out over there on their face after they uh, pee on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is that there is a lot of, a lot more chotskis you can buy in the airport and different things. And they've got the, the quality on those things has gone way up. It used to be just like a terrible, like foam hat that you'd have gotten at an NFL game. <laughs> But now it's actually real cowboy hats. But one of the things I love is the the different candles that used to be like the saint candles for Catholic people. Mm-hmm. Um, also has like a dolly on it. And there's like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And there's like different things. But the dolly one is just so pretty. Christian Bush, I have both the dolly candle and the Ruth Bader Ginsburg candle. <laughs> along with the Golden Girls candles. Oh, this is so my good. House. That's hysterical that those were the two that you picked because I do own both of those. Well, I, I, I think it's really, uh, the reason I like that, uh, the development in, in cultural history yes. currently is that there is something really interesting about, uh, and I do it whenever I'm in New York or I'm around a very, or in Paris or wherever I'm around a really famous cathedral or something, I'll go in and buy the $2 and light a candle right? Mm-hmm. And leave it there. And it's one of these things where it's like, I may not be Catholic, but I'm close enough. You know, like, uh, I don't think any of the, the jargon, uh, should, should separate me from the option of going in and thinking about someone. I love that. And, uh, and I, I don't want to get lost in the details if my heart's in the right place. Right. Right. And, uh, and I love that you, you know, this sort of weird tradition of, um, of, of appropriating Catholic culture and sticking your own culture in it, which was very Santeria-ish mm-hmm. thing to do in America that we've done in East Tennessee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that instead of like, you know, burying our own uh, saints under other saints' names in New Orleans, we are actually just out loud raising the candle of Dolly Parton. Oh, we stuck her on a rock and put her in front of the courthouse. I made my kids pose for a picture with the Dolly statue this week. We had to wait in line. Wow, that sounded Southern, didn't it? <laughs> it did. That's what happens, friends. Oh. I almost said y'all. That's what happens. Yeah. So this week, uh, here in uh, the world of 52 Podcast, uh, we are welcoming uh, two songs, uh, obviously. And from 52 New Blue, 
crazy that way, yes. which um, I wonderfully have a feature of Stephanie uh, Hambridge, Lambridge. And uh, also we are pairing that with a production of mine. I did not write this paired song, but I did produce it uh, named, uh, called Fix You Too by the new country artist, Megan Maroney. And it brings up the, when I paired these songs, it brings up a couple of things that I, I want to start talking about. One is women's voices and, um, sort of the long conversation of that in country music. Sure. And then personally where I come in on that conversation, which is a strange thing to be as a man being responsible for a, a woman's voice in country music. Right. Um, and in different ways, both as a producer, maybe just as a capturing person or uh, or as a writer, say that I do in, in Sugarland, but even in um, in uh, Crazy That Way as a duet. Right. Yeah. So what 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 are you saying together at the same time? And so um, I know you have recently been uh, in this conversation, just being around the world of the Loretta Lynn goodbye. Oh, sure. You know, last night I spent, you know, 90 minutes at the Grand Ole Opry house during her um, memorial celebration for one of a better, I mean, that's what it was. I'm not quite sure the exact terminology that we're calling it, but everybody went to the Opry house and we, I, I did not mean, I did not sing, but they sang her songs and there were lots of flowers and pretty candles and and it was a whole night of of a lot of um, artists honoring that female voice. So George Strait came in, and he's almost never in town. But George Strait sang for Loretta and Keith wow. Urban. Yeah, Keith what Urban. What did George sing? Do you remember? Uh, I mean, there's a billion. There, there's He sang her very first number one hit. Oh, okay. Do you remember now, what I, that I is? don't know what that is, but... Um, I, I think that's pretty it. awesome that he, that's what his. Yeah. He sang the very first, her very first number one. And I just wrote it like 30 minutes ago and now it's already left my brain. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but Keith Urban was first and then you had, um, you know, Winona saying how great thou art, but, but the part that kind of fits in with this the most is where all of the people talking about how sweet and supportive Loretta was to them. And Martina McBride said that, she says, you know, she called us all her girlfriends because that's what we were. And she was always, you know, she was, you know, this, you know, gutsy and brave and, and never afraid to tell her story or support someone else. And she's like, I think that that's what her legacy is moving forward for the rest of us is to lift each other up and to lift up the female newcomers and say, you know, we're here if you need us. We love you, honey. Come by anytime. Hmm. And then. Brandy Carlisle just magnificently closed the show. I oh mean, yeah. She, um, she sang and then the high women sang, but Brandy talked about that too, saying, you know, my, you know, I'm here, my door's open, you know, here to mentor when ever anyone needs it. She's like, I am, you know, telling you that now I'm dedicating myself to that. So in Loretta's passing, you know, I think a lot of people would say that, because you know, female country used to be, I'm not saying it's not now, but it used to be really competitive among its among themselves. Really? Oh, I I remember. Am I, is my naivete about to show? <laughs> I was at I was at an award show, uh, the BMI Awards, a few years ago, 
and there was a female superstar there and a female newcomer there and they were wearing the same black sparkle tights and the female superstar says that little witch but she didn't say witch that little witch is wearing my tights tell her to go take them off oh goodness gracious so the new girl had to go to the bathroom and turn her tights inside out so the sparkles didn't show so it did not look like she was wearing the same tights as the superstar so to move from that and i think miranda lambert um truly truly um has done a lot in this area and then you know Marin morris right after standing on stage and saying i want to acknowledge everyone in this you know female vocalist of the year i want to acknowledge everyone in this category we all deserve to be here you know Marin does the same thing it's like they get the spotlight and then they speak the names that maybe people haven't heard before trying sure. to push sure, female sure. country you know ahead as a group that's new hasn't always been that way and then for it to be you know, really showcased on stage last night at the Grand Ole Opry House um, in honor of Loretta. And then you have people, you know, you know, men and women honoring her and honoring her legacy and then pledging to carry her kindness and support forward to help the next generation. You know, it, it, it's a different conversation than we've been having. I mean, it's definitely a different conversation than we were having five years ago. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you feel that... um well, I, let's just talk about this a little bit for listeners. So in the conversation of record labels, correct. and I don't want to get too deep into this, but I think it's a good context before we start listening to music. Um, it is typical when you talk about a record label to say, well, who's their female artist? Right. And it might even be typical to when you do that, and this would be on the business side. I don't think they do this on the public side ever. Mm-hmm. But on the business side, they're like, okay, well, um, who's their female superstar? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. But I don't think they say the same thing in reverse. They don't say, who's the male star on capital? But what you do is you, it, it kind of trades out a little in reality, who's pulling the weight. Like if you're the artist selling the most right now, then you're pulling the most weight, right? But um I was under the impression when I got to town in 2003 uh, that you don't really have more than one queen female artist on each label. Is that correct? Was Am I under that? Was that impression in the early 2000s? Was that about true? Yeah, I think so. And And I think, you know, to be fair, it's... It's a lot true now. I mean, Sony has Miranda and they have Marin. You know, I mean, and 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 we're kind of talking about the world. It's inside of, baseball. It's inside it, baseball. We're not really. We're we're talking about the world of. I mean, for listeners, honestly, listeners, this impacts you not at all. Yeah, this, this is, isn't. This has this nothing is, to do with. This you. is things like who are we going to vote for at the CMA awards? Right. It's not. Who are you going to listen to or who are you going to stream? It's 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 how are record labels going to vote? And if they have more than one, who's going to get those who's votes? going to get the votes? Right. And and I feel like lately it's felt a little better. OK, good. Well, yeah. that's all we really need to know is it yeah. are we in the up 
or in the down and in the and in the after image of this loretta kind of tsunami of goodwill Mm -hmm. are we in the up i think we're in the up and and i think we were in the up before man i think there's so many exciting female things happening like just exciting women who right now who are you know changing the conversation a little bit who you know who i my my daughter could look at them and not be intimidated and i think for a long time that was that wasn't the truth you know it's like you want people who you want to see people who look like you oh yeah oh yeah and we're living in a post kardashian we are med spa world this right. is where like billions of dollars are being spent by somebody just for Christmas. I wonder how many people are going to get Botox for Christmas. Like, oh my gosh, do you know what I mean? Like, that's a thing, and right. it's and it's less, uh, it's less stigma for rich people. Right. It, it's it's anybody that wants to go and augment their face because, <laughs> and uh, like even my daughter's like pushing back against it. Like, aging is kind of cool, Dad. You know, because that means you're telling the truth. You know, and that's a whole generation of new conversation. So I have always been uh, concerned in the world of female voices in country music about how they use their physical voice Mm -hmm. to speak their metaphorical voice. The thing that has bothered me the most is that they, is that they don't use the opportunity in front of them. Right. And that was my contribution to country music to a female was to try to encourage Sugarland to be a voice of something, right? Of a, of a point of view is really what it is because men have points of view except for the middle and the middle men, I like to call them, are completely replaceable. <laughs> you can exchange one for another and never know it. And from the business side of songwriting, that same song that I have that is very valuable to one dude could be sung by any of those dudes. And you would love it just as much. But particular songs, because I am a different kind of person, like I'm Mm -hmm. writing from a lot of different perspectives, um, I have to really think about the point of view of a song and how it fits into the larger context because I've had to during the conversation of Sugarland, we never really had the opportunity to just have a hit song fall in our laps. We had to generate them and then point them in a direction based on our point of view, not, and no one was ever able to figure out our point of view. So if we sang somebody else's song, it was a cover, right? (laughs) It was never a, uh, a pitch, right? But, um, it took forever for Billy Currington to sing a song, not about beer, right. Or Jake Owen to sing a song, not about a beach or a breakup, right. Or Kenny Chesney. It's like when you start thinking about this, you think, what do they stand for? So I try to think about artists in a way that says what's on the bumper sticker for that artist, you know? So Loretta Lynn, what do you think she stood for? I, you know what? I think Laura Lynn stood for owning your truth. Owning the truth. Your own truth, right? Yeah, owning your truth. Yeah. Right. And uh, when I think about Miranda, I think about 
I don't know, pink pistols. You know what I mean? Like she's that person, right? Or, or Martina is like, she's like the, the, every time I see her, I know she's five two, but every time I listen to her, she's six five, you know, like she's so, her voice is so tall. It is, <laughs> you know, and any song, she should never sing a small song. She should always sing the tall one, you know? Um, Kenny Chesney is the, you know, what does he call it? The No Shoes Nation, the Plastic Cup of Confusion, the whatever. Plastic Cup of Confusion. <laughs> whatever it is. And I love, I love his music because it's the beats. They call it Gulf and Western. Gulf and Western. And apparently I am a Gulf and Western artist to some degree. Um, but today... I want to play these two songs because they have a point of view that I think is different. And I think these voices are different Mm -hmm. than the voices you're used to. And in both chances in both places, the voices to me are so emotional Mm -hmm. that um, I'm affected every time I hear it. And I can't tell if that's just my taste or if I'm onto something. (laughs) So this first song is called Crazy That Way. And Stephanie Lambring is a female, uh, I guess you would call her an Americana artist now. She was a songwriter at the time that I knew her. But I met her in an audition for Troubadour. She was one of 150 people that were auditioning one day in Atlanta. We did auditions in Atlanta, New York, and Nashville. And she was midway through the morning because I remember when she came through the audition cycle, you had to come on stage and sing my bro Brandon had cooked up. Like you had to sing this song, this song or this song, which was like a, a Hank Williams song and something else. He just wanted to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And then you had to do, you had to read aside, which is uh, a term for, um, a page or two from the musical of dialogue. And there was somebody who was reading against you and she came through and sang. And I turned to Susan Booth, the director, and I was like, she could sing anything and I would believe all of it. Cause yeah. Susan said, the thing I don't know, Christian is how, when country music is believable. Like she's like, I know what it is for me, but I work in theater. So my job is to make everything believable, but you for the musical we were doing for Troubadour, you had to be transported right. when these people sang, which means they actually had to be country stars. <laughs> and what we were just trying to find ones that hadn't gotten there yet. Right. right. So we had Zach Seaball who had just won the voice. We had, uh, uh, uh Rodney. Rodney Foster at, who is it in fact, a, an award-winning country legend as the dad. So it kind of worked. But Stephanie, when she auditioned, I was so moved that I circled back with her and said, what, who are you? Where did you come from? I don't, I'm just reading your, are you around tomorrow? And she's like, sure. I was like, would you come into the studio and sing a couple things for me? Hmm. And this was one of the things I had her sing that next morning. And this is the take. Oh, wow. This is called crazy that way.
hers like a stolen car Seeing hers like a pitch black road Needing hers like flying fast You take the crash over the going slow Kissing hers like breathing smoke Holding hers like catching rain Her forever's better than you've ever felt You can take the pain With a burning soul and her helping heart on fire Chasing hers like a racer And it comes right down through the wire She loves me like she hates me She leaves me like she hopes I'll stay It sounds crazy, but we're crazy that way amazing <laughs> i love that i just realized when we were listening to that that uh if you put headphones on and you close your eyes uh brandon is playing in the left speaker mm-hmm. and benji's playing in the right speaker <laughs> and i'm playing bass and our drummer kent was playing and we only that's a one time like we played it once it's pretty cool you're like, just bragging now well we were on it at the time like we were we were uh we had not realized that we had started a band called dark water yet uh, like we were right. we were playing like like we were all attached to the same body it was really cool um i wrote that song with bobby penson 
Love that. I mean, that whole thing is magic. I mean, that is <laughs> amazing. I'm really, pr- I'm really proud of that. You really song. should be. It's- and I, I sent it to Bobby at some point before this came out because I like to send it to the writers before anybody else hears it. Right. And uh, I sent it to him, and he just wrote me back a text. He's like, "We wrote the shit out of that song." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, we did. He's like, no, seriously, I don't think like, I don't think we could have changed anything. Like, I think we, every corner of that one, we mopped up. I was like, yep. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful song and, and, and written to the point where it's almost overwritten, you know, like, like the, the metaphor the metaphors and the little plays on words pass you by quickly, but there's just something magical about Stephanie's voice on that with me that she just naturally put in there. It was very what I would imagine it must have felt like um, when uh, Graham Parsons had an Emmylou Harris show up, you know, and just started singing on his stuff magically. And uh, for me, I mean, I liked that song after she sang it. I loved that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the combination of the, of the vocals is stunning. Yeah. So, so when I spoke to her uh, at the time... I said, well, what are you doing? Like, why are you not? She's like, well, I've been in Nashville for a little while and I had a publishing deal and it just broke my heart. So I said, you know, forget this. I'm going to go be uh, a waitress. Like I'm going to do anything other than have to compromise on what I want to write. (sighs) Right. So it was breaking her heart. And she was like, I thought maybe I saw this opportunity. I knew you were involved. I trusted your stuff with Sugarland, So I thought I'd go ahead and audition for this on the off chance. I mean, no's a perfectly good answer, but this would be a, this would be a way for me to continue playing music without having to be in the Nashville songwriter theme. And at the time, remember it was female songwriters in 2017, 2016, Ooh. everything was coming down on everyone like a vice. Yeah. You know, there was, they were blaming the songwriters for not having the right songs. They were, they were blaming the artists for not having the right artistry. They were, they were blaming the radio for not having the right content or the right, um, uh, uh, courage to play Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And everyone's kind of pointing fingers at everybody else. Um, all the while people like with a solid point of view, like Kelsey Ballerini, Mm -hmm. solid point of view consistent delivery everyone could get behind that no one was complaining about her right (laughs) nor was she saying gosh i feel unplayed on the radio (laughs) right um so one of the things that that was a weird cycle for this was i think it's 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 built into the definition of bro country it was not right bro and bra country (laughs) it was just uh, a, a, an accidental acknowledgement in the nomenclature of man country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? it's like dirt road anthem kind of ushered that in. You yeah, know? it's it, and, and and cruise. I mean, it's crazy that know. all that was true. But uh, thankfully, I didn't have to figure out the. I don't know, calculation for Sugarland to exist through that. But that was just during our pause. Right. Right. But it was very, I was very conscious coming back into it. Um, but even then, like we recorded a record that was recorded, uh, early 2020 for 2020 release and a 2020 tour. And it never came out. And I just listened to it the other day 
this was uh, with Big Machine. Mm-hmm. So we turned it in. And uh, it was to support our tour that was starting that May. And um, the the recording still has not been released. But when I re-listened to them again the other day, uh-huh. I realized that we're right on time for right now. Oh, wow. Because what I was concerned about was trying to become more organic. Uh-huh. With the song, but also the delivery. Right. So that a lot of the computering that had been going on that um, was working well in a lot of pop music was seeping into country music mm-hmm. and um, was temporarily seemed to have been working on the radio in 19 and 20. But I, for whatever reason, I just, I picked different songs <laughs> and I just listened to it recently. And I was like, oh man, if this came out right now, it would kill. Um, but it got me thinking about point of view. So I've been involved in producing new artists for a while. Right. I don't do a lot of it, but I do, um, the things that I do, I take on the whole, like I, right. I, I want to be as helpful as I can possibly be. And it's typically like the stuff I did with Lindsay L around mm-hmm. the same time as Troubadour that was trying to help her figure out what she wanted to say. What was, what is your point of view? Right. And for her, it's also a musical point of view because she's a guitarist, right? Right. So it's not just what she's saying or how she's saying it, but also the music that goes with it. And uh, so the new artist that I'm working with right now is named Megan Maroney. And uh, I talk about her all the time just because I want people to know um, she was our intern (laughs) in Atlanta. And I like to tell the story that um, she came from the University of Georgia through the music business program there. And Dave Barbie, you know, typically sends us interns and Brandon typically manages all that. And uh, she refrained from letting us know that she was either a writer or a singer during her internship. Just nothing. Mm-hmm. Just just did the job. Whatever we had her do. I'm sure Brandon had her on a spreadsheet because he loves a spreadsheet. <laughs> right managing what song goes where what percentage of whatever and uh later on she asked afterwards and we we were like sure we 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 can try to help and then i shared her music with my publisher here in town and uh and, and julie got real interested and then really helped her out now julie manages her um and megan's really doing well now as an independent artist probably about to get a record deal Right. I mean, by the time this gets released, maybe she will. But um, this next song is her song, and I produced it uh, earlier this year. So right before 52 came out, we recorded this maybe in February. Um, and it was like four or five songs. You can go listen to her EP right now online. Uh, it's called Pistol Made of Roses, which I when I heard that lyric go through in one of her songs, I was like, you're an idiot if you don't name your record that <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's who you are. Um, she, uh, uh, her point of view, I think is incredibly culturally interesting to me. And part of it must be cause I'm a dad. Part of it must be cause I've also wrestled with this, these questions myself um, as a person who is a, a part of that voicing in Sugarland, but 
her point of view to me, and I'm like a 52-year-old white guy, right, is one where she is very confidently herself at 20, young 20-something, saying to the world, I don't need you to figure out who I am. And as I'm figuring out who I am as a woman, I am powerful, vulnerable, scared, and confident. (laughs) And which is, I think most marketing companies would look at you crazy. Like, well, you can't be all those colors. (laughs) You can only be one for us to market it. A record company would say the same thing. And as a record producer and as the artist's representative, right? Mm -hmm. It's my job to protect whatever it is and encourage it, right? So that it becomes even the, the colors that are her become even more vivid, right? That's your job as a record producer. It's not to make it about Christian, right. <laughs> nor is it to make it less about Megan and more commercial. It is to make it the most vivid version of itself and then uh, use the information that you have about um, the, re- the, 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 the art of recording to help you with the art of being an artist. So in this song, um, I play it because I was shocked. I heard it and I was like, how long have you been writing songs? She said, oh, two or three years. And uh, maybe a little longer, but not that much longer. And I was like, dear Lord, (laughs) this is good. And it's not only just that it's good, but her delivery of it, much like Stephanie's voice, there's something about her voice that's like, wow, I believe you. Right. Which I think is important in this new point of view. Sure. Right. So if it was coming at me through the, do you believe in life after love share, you know, played through a keyboard voice? I don't think I believe it. Right. The same way that I believe it because it, I can hear how broken it is. And I have to give Megan credit. Even when we went in to record the vocals and everything on this, we kept going back to her original one. And then we finally dealt with this. She wasn't sad enough like she was in her original demo. Mm-hmm. So we just turned everything off except the acoustic guitar and said, just sing to that. Don't even, we're not even making a record. You're just sitting in a kitchen. Now sing. And she did. And uh, this is the recording. Oh, uh, and, and while I'm about to turn this on, a little uh, note for all of you people, who, because there aren't any liner notes credits anymore. That's, this is me singing background vocals, but we just never told anybody. Check engine lights been on for a couple weeks The whole kitchen shakes when I run that washing machine By the looks of the ceiling there's rain getting in through the roof I don't want to have to fix you too i 
Relatable isn't strong enough of a word for what that <laughs> for what right, that it's is. a pretty it's a pretty powerful point of view, right? Oh, two hundred percent, yeah. That I think most of us can relate to. And 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 I also wonder how did you get strong enough at in your early twenties to have that conversation? Because I am a couple decades past that now and still struggle with that conversation. Yeah, I mean, so. I that was the thing I thought of as well, like. God, you must have been through some shit relationships to have to get to this reckoning in your mid twenties. Right. Like also it's even doubly powerful to have uh uh her at that age saying it. It's like an echo into the future. Like right. am I gonna keep up my pattern? Am I gonna get through this? But also, like you were saying earlier, um, it's a whole crop of new artists that I would be happy to have my daughter love their music. Right. You know, I, I, I really support Megan in her, her journey. You know, I think it's all right to be where she is and doing yeah. the best she can. You know, Nashville is a, like the rest of the music business. It's a long, dark hallway full of, you know, thieves and whores and anger and pain and disappointment. And that's just the good side. So saying snakes and <laughs> scary clowns. and <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's just nothing but 
it is is some of the worst of business humanity. Um, but at the same time, it contains these dreams. And with artists like this, who, you know, if we know anything about how to get a song to a megaphone, right? A song like that, or an artist like that, I would move them straight to that space. Hundred percent. I and I, what I love about it is she's writing them. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't typically write songs with people's that I produce. Cause I'm afraid that, you know, Nashville kind of works on this weird. Well, if you're the producer, then you're getting all the co-writes. Oh, well, it works on this kind of thing. And I would rather the songs win. Also, I went and wrote with she and Ben, like her co-writer that she loves so much. Mm-hmm. And they are freaking fantastic. Like they don't need me. <laughs> <laughs> They can do that with anybody. And I, what I love is I keep seeing like her schedule show up with all these different kinds of writers. And I'm like, oh, these are going to be so great. Because as long as you don't let, uh, as long as you understand the value of Megan Maroney being in the room with you, let her tell you how she sees the world. Then help her make the record. Yeah. Because I think that's how we Loretta Lynn this whole thing. Right. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, can you imagine someone telling Loretta Lynn that she couldn't write the pill? you know let's or her, co- her co-writer being like no nah, i don't think that's gonna work we can't say that <laughs> last night they were talking about how they're talking about banning the song from the opry stage and she's like well if you ban the song from the opry stage i'm dropping out of the opry i'm rescinding my membership and to be that married to your point of view and that confident in yourself and your voice and your message and who it's for and why you want to say that i think is truly an example for everyone. So yeah, Megan Roney's co-writers, you let her keep going. So what do you think this means about the state of female and country, female country music? Cause we've, we've now had sort of, uh, the conversation. Right. And then now we've had a whole new multiple years of people like Leslie Fram and all these people like super supporting the, uh, the, the developing space so that the, I don't know if everybody that listens understands this, but it's just like a, an athlete, right? Right. So you have to go through the training to teach your body and your life to sustain this incredible sort of output of time, effort, money, emotional, relational family, all this stuff that is required in sacrifice and commitment to becoming an artist. Uh, and, to do that, you you have to have people constantly coming in and being supported. Yeah. Because it, as much as it feels like it's your dream, uh, you you'll <laughs> you will cash out your check and leave if it's too hard to if it's not your thing, if it's not direct. Like some people want to be famous to be famous. Some people want to go just write songs. Some people, and they don't know it. But what they think is they all want to be on American Idol and they all want to, or on Nashville TV, the TV show or whatever. And, um, without the, the constant, um, upward escalator going on where people keep trying. Yeah. I don't think we come up with people that poke through and can give their point of view. You even, you have to have opportunity. You have to have opportunity. And, you know, I don't. I don't ever think of it like someone cashing in on their dreams. 
I don't ever or or cashing out. I think it's more on their dreams. People it's, giving up. Yeah, but it's. I think what people what what the outside world doesn't understand is it's like when you are a brand new artist or maybe you're not a brand new artist, but you come to town. And this is what you've wanted to do your whole life. And you have these songs that your mama thinks is great. And maybe they are great. And then you find these people who tell you that your songs are great. And then you invest so much in them, of yourself in them. And you think they're investing in you. Until one day they're like, nope, we were wrong. We've done all we can do for you. Move along now. And you're like, but, but wait, you, but you, but you said, but you promised, but, but, but. So it's not that like somebody's like, oh, that rock is too heavy to pick up. So I'm going to like leave town. It's not that it's, you know, it's, it's that they just kind of had their identity stolen and you have to go, they have to like go figure out (laughs) who they want to be now. So I think the magic in, in, in Megan is that when you have songs like that, you have, she managed to, to find a group of people, Christian Bush, who let her be who she is. And who was able, who were able to shine the spotlight in the right way to make everyone pay attention. And that's, and and I love that that song is in first person. Because I think when you have songs like that, it's the kind of storytelling that lets people put themselves in that position. And that's such a relatable position that all of us have, have been in. So I love that about her. And I love the vulnerability in that. Um, I think that the music is great. The song is great. I think, you know, a lot of times nobody likes to think about luck, but a lot of times luck comes into it. And I think that we're lucky to have her. Um, I think my my 13-year-old daughter is lucky that she's going to get to hear that song. Hmm. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, and I think that 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 Megan is, is lucky to be in the position that she's in. She earned it. Yeah, but there's so many. But you know this better than anything. Anyone, there's so many things that that have to line that up have exactly to line up. right. Yeah, my my dad would say, "Oh, you're not catching a fish. It's because you're not holding your mouth the right way." I mean, gosh, <laughs> like making it in the music industry isn't. You know, there could be 87 fish hooks in the water with exactly the same worm, and only one of them is going to get hit. And yeah. why is that? You don't know. I don't know. I they keep telling me, you know. What are you doing here? And then suddenly you have to reprove it. This is what I'm doing here. And I, I, I kind of love that. Um, that there's a, there's a, always a cycle going on. There like, is. And, and, and I, my, my current giggle <laughs> is uh, I get calls now, I like catching up from a friend wanting to talk about Megan Maroney. And when I say, man, what are you doing now? And they're like, I run Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. You what? Like that blows my mind that somebody I know is now in fricking charge. That that's so odd. That's such a, uh, uh, a result of age, right? It's just, we're, we're all of an age. We're not, we're all, I am of an age where that is starting to become true. No, we're all of an age because we have the same friends. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that seems so unreal to me. And then, of course, when I think about, oh, you know what? These people can help change these things yeah. because they are aware of the same impossible dream, they right? Are. And even they, at their best, are constrained by 
the way the economics of everything work. Like you can't just because it lines up, that still doesn't mean it's going to happen. Oh no, that's true. It's, you know, you know what? And you know, but for people listening, you know what happens when an artist goes in to try and get a record label, like a record deal, they go, they walk in sometimes my experience with, they have a guitar and they sit down and they play for a room of people who don't know them from Adam. And they can say, that's the best thing we've ever heard. And, but more than it being the best thing that they've ever heard, they have to look at you and say, yep, I'm willing to bet my job at a million dollars that I can make you famous. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, and so much goes into that beyond how good that song is. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's just a hard, it's a really hard path. Um, But I still think that I really 20 years in still think that I want to still think that the best, if, if, if you're that good, that somebody's going to see it and then it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I would even uh, support that even more by saying that um, being that good is not about being that talented. It's about being that good at being that talented. Yeah, because there are a lot of great, incredible, talented people that are choosing to live unmedicated, and so they're that, they're crashing into walls. Gosh, yes, that can't get out right? of their own way. But well, they're 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 even more talented than some of my most successfully two hundred percent musical friends. But they just can't stop the. They're not willing to be great at being talented. Which means you have to take responsibility for yourself. You got to go to therapy. You got to make sure that your body is, as it, as it starts to do its things, you need to track it. You need to treat it with respect. Treat your voice with respect. I remember telling Megan, she's like, well, what should I do before we record? And I was like, well, you don't drink for two days before you sing your final vocals and don't eat spaghetti. Like I need you to not have acidic food. The night before, because if for some reason she's not sleeping because she's mm-hmm. anxious, I don't need her having reflux and destroying her voice when I need her to sing the song 25 times each for times five songs over two days. Right. Right. And the when I told her that she took me very seriously. And ever since that, every time we have a, a session, she comes in, she goes, I was a designated driver. Like she like she's like suddenly good, like getting ahead of me. Like it's my child telling me, no, 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 no. no, Before you even say anything, dad, this is how I did it. I'm good. I'm square. We're good. And, but part of that is all you can possibly do. If you're Loretta Lynn is teach the next artist, something, you know, right. I happen to know what's going to tear your voice up before the studio, because how much it's going to hurt after I'm done with you. Yeah. Because we worked. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Typically, you don't sing, you know, for six hours, seven hours in a day. Right. You only sing for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not used to it, you can play out. But uh, I just, I, I, I'm a person who constantly has hope. So I have a hope for artists as they walk into these spaces. And then, you know, I, something like that reminds me when I hear Megan Maroney do her thing that I should keep doing my thing because 
you hear that and you realize that you don't know who she is. You just heard that song for the first time. Yeah. You haven't even figured out how to spell it to type it in the internet yet. But you'll remember Fix You Too if you hear it. You will because it gives you permission to have that conversation. So that we just keep writing more songs and All we right. keep tracking them. <laughs> and I, I keep forcing you to talk to me about it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Until next week. Yes. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.